Thank you, Martha. Shall we pray? God, thank you so much for your word. Please come and speak to us now by your Holy Spirit. Help us to understand what we need to hear today and apply it into our lives. Amen. Well, today is the end of our series in the book of 2 Peter. Uh, we've come to the end of this series, a very quick series, and it's a bit of a letter of kind of warning. It kind of shouts out some warnings to us, and whenever we get a warning, we kind of need to listen uh, because we need to find out what we're being warned about. And today I'm just going to pick up three sort of parts of the Bible reading we had. So you might want to have it open in front of you because I'm going to refer just to sort of three parts of it today. And as we celebrate a baptism as we gather in worship this morning. We're just going to have a quick look now at what God's word says to us. An elderly gentleman was speaking to his friend, trying to describe a delicious new restaurant that he and his wife dined at the night before. For the life of him, he couldn't remember the restaurant's name. As he was struggling to recall the name, he asked his friend, what do you call, um, you know, one of those like long-stemmed flowers that people give on special occasions? And his friend responded, Rose. (gasps) Filled with excitement, he said, yes, that's it, he exclaimed. Then he turned to his wife and said, Rose, darling, what's the name of the restaurant that we went to last night? Sometimes remembering things is really hard. Just to kind of pull it back in, I had a sort of personal uh, bit of a revelation this week as well, as I remembered something that was important to me. Um, For those of you who don't don't know us, we have a dog, we have three children, our three children are at three different schools, and this time of year is insane. There's kind of school fairs, there's paper chains going on, there's all kinds of, of crazy things. And our jobs, we love them, but they're not very predictable in their hours. And so I constantly feel like my house is a mess. And I don't just feel it, it's true. It is a mess. Marie Kondo has not been around, and uh, there is grime in most places. And most of the time, I'm okay with that, because I realize that I've decided to prioritize other things. But occasionally, my pride creeps in. And I had three guests coming to stay overnight this week. And I had a brief moment of utter panic as I felt the shame descend upon me as I looked around each room in the house. And for a moment, I kind of went into a bit of a frenzy. And then I stopped. I had to give up. To be honest, I just couldn't, couldn't do it. There was just too much to fit in the, in the week. But when my friends arrived, I started by apologizing. I said, I'm so sorry, the house is quite messy at the moment. And my friend turned to me and she said, no, Nick, don't apologize. I love that when I come here, I can put your kettle on without asking. I like that it feels peaceful and you always have a spare toothbrush. And I thought, yeah, that's it. Actually, that's what I wanted my life to be about. I wanted to be the kind of person that would offer hospitality, that wouldn't wait for my house to be perfect. Because quite frankly, if I did, no one would ever be allowed to ever come, ever. And I just needed to remember for a moment what was really important. 
And that's where we start. And I want to pull up the first bit in uh, 2 Peter chapter 3. He starts in verse 2 by saying this. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Saviour through your apostles. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past. I want you to be a people who remember what's really important. I want you to be a people that remember the heart of your faith. And it's so important to remember what God is all about. And we can only do that if we go back to the book, that we read the scriptures. And remembering does two really helpful things for us. Firstly, it reminds us what God is actually like. Because in the busyness of day-to-day life, we often forget what God is like. But it reminds us, as we watch how God treated the people in the past, how he was so patient with them, how he traveled with them, how he forgave them, how he renewed them, as he walked with them through the ups and downs, we're reminded of who God is. You think back to that story in the wilderness where the people were walking around in the desert for 40 years and it was pretty bleak at times. And then you see at the end of that story that they do come out of that period of wilderness, that they do reach the promised land and it stirs in us fresh hope that whatever wilderness we are going through at the time, however bleak life can be for us, that it's a season and God is faithful. He will help us through as we stick with him to the promised land. And so as we read the scriptures, we're reminded of what God is actually like. But it also helps us do another thing. It helps us to live by God's ways. When we read the scriptures, we're reminded of how we're meant to actually live. I was uh, stood here yesterday and I was doing a blessing ceremony for a lovely young couple and I was speaking on love and I was reading that famous passage in 1 Corinthians 13 where it says, love is patient, love is kind, it keeps no record of wrongs, that's what love is. And as I was reading it out, I was thinking, yeah, Nick, that's what love is. Remember that. And I needed to read it, I needed to hear it, I needed to remember it so that I could then take that into my relationship with my husband, with my family, with my kids that afternoon and and everything else that was happening. So the first thing, that first little bit I want us to look at today is that we are called to recall the words of the prophets and the apostles. We are invited as God's people to be a remembering people. Second uh, bit that I want to highlight to us today is verses 8 and 9. And they say this. Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. I think my children uh, feel the same way that I sometimes feel about God. Come on, you're being so slow. (laughs) At the time, people were expecting Jesus to return straight away. And so people were beginning to doubt and they were stirring up God's people and they were spreading false teachings. 
And so at this point, Peter simply comes in and reminds us that God knows the time when Jesus will return and that one day all people will be judged. There are some times in life, aren't they, when when we're in the tough bits, when it's messy, that we want to cry out, God, where are you in this? It's a good cry to cry. But as we do it, these words ring in our minds that God is waiting and patiently working, not wanting anyone to perish. God's ways are not our ways. Sometimes his timing is not our timing. And it's a beautiful reminder, isn't it, that God loves us so much He's so patient with us. He's just waiting to woo us. He's drawing us back to himself. He's like, come on, get to know me. He is so patient with us. And finally, the final verse I want to point out today is verse 14. And it says this. So then, dear friends... Since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. You see, we need to remember what we're here for and who our God is. And we remember that one day, God is going to judge us, that we are going to meet God face to face. And because of that, we need to remember how to live a life that pleases God right here and right now. Those of you who were here at the start of the um, series will remember that I gave um, into the congregation some bottles of wine and they were trapped in sort of, you know, one of those puzzle things. And and I said, you know, while I'm talking, uh, you release the bottle of wine. Um, But you're not going to be able to do it by just staring at it. And it's in your hands, but you're going to have to do something in order to actually get it out. And when you get it out, you're actually going to have to open it, and you're going to have to pour it, and then you're actually going to have to drink it to enjoy it. And so it's going to require more than you just looking at it. You're going to have to make every effort to get it out. And here we're being reminded just finally in this bit of the sermon just to make every effort to be spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. You see, we would quite like a God who loves us, a God who heals us, and a God who forgives us, but we're not so keen on a God who's going to judge us. And yet here in the passage, we're reminded that one day God will judge us. God has got a spotless heaven. And if he takes any little bit of our grime or mess into heaven, it's going to mess up heaven. And so God says, I need to deal with you, each of you. And so he offers this wonderful way for us to be dealt with. He says, my son, Jesus, will take the punishment in your place. You need to invite him to be Lord of your life. And now live every day with him as Lord, confessing your sins regularly, keeping yourself clean and spotless 
and blameless before me. Michelangelo painted a scene of the Last Judgment in the Sistine Chapel, and someone wrote this about this. They said, Instead of positioning people according to their social station, dressed in the common garb of that place in society, he placed nude figures, entirely equal before the throne of God, with nothing to hide behind. Stripped bare of rank, each person faced God in the truth of his own vulnerable physical state. The scene graphically displayed separation of the blessed and the damned, with the saved descending on the left and the damned descending on the right. Muting the colours for a specific reason, the fresco is dominated by the tones of flesh and sky because those indicate the point of the whole scene as heaven swallows up mortality. We need to remember that without God, without Jesus' sacrifice, we're just like Michelangelo's naked figures. But we need to remember that through Jesus Christ, we can be made spotless, blameless, and be at peace with God. We need this morning to know that God gives us a mission for our lives, to remember what it is and not to be distracted by all the other things around us. Because a day is coming when he will look us in the eye and say, well... How's it gone? He's a loving God and he doesn't want anyone to perish and that means you and me. But in our hearts today, we have to choose whether we're going to respond to him. In a moment, we're going to have the baptism service and we're going to be reading a liturgy and these guys are going to be coming up and saying it. And it says the words, do you repent? Yes, I repent of my sin. Do you turn to Christ as Saviour? I turn to Christ as Lord. Do you come to Christ, the way, the truth, and the life? Yes, I come to Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. That's what he asks of all of us today to do. Will we turn to him? Will we reject and renounce evil? And will we repent of our sins? He is patiently waiting for each one of us to make that journey towards a destiny of real purpose and to true direction. So I wonder with me today afresh, will you turn to him? Shall we pray? Father, thank you for the reminder to remember our faith today, to read the words of the apostles and prophets. Thank you too, God, that you are not slow as we might think, but you are sovereignly over our world and over our lives. And God, thank you today too for the reminder that we need to respond We need to make every effort. We need to invite you in because one day we'll stay and stand before you. And at that moment, very few things are going to matter, but it will matter whether we've let you into our lives. And so this morning, would you help each of us turn to you and allow you to be Lord of us?
Amen.